Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Please check out my stand-up dates at thecaseymcclain.com. Also, follow me on all social media at thecaseymcclain. Check out stand-up clips and videos of mine at youtube.com slash McLean. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast. It's where the file sits. It's also a great place if you want to start a podcast where you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can get your podcast to that platform very easily. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Today's guest is Scott Lossie. You can find him on Instagram at Scott Lossie. You can find him on Twitter, where he does not really participate in Twitter, at Cool Bathroom. And you can find me on the road if you'd like to. I will be in Texas if you're hearing this. I'm in Austin, Texas. Next month... Memorial Day weekend, I will be in Cascade, Idaho, and then I'll be headlining the Tacoma Comedy Club, Skyline Comedy Club, uh, Spokane Comedy Club, and then in July, I'm in uh, Louisville at the Louisville Comedy Club, featuring for Gabriel Rutledge and headlining the Sunday. So come on out. Three very, very good comedy months for me coming up, so uh, so uh, please come out to that. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and enjoy Scott Lossie. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Uh-huh. Good. I can hear you. Scott Lossie. <laughs> can, you, can you hear me? I can hear you. I'm I lied to you. I'm now presently making a drink. Not uh I didn't manage to get it done, but you didn't even do anything in the last ten minutes. I was actually yeah, just doing nothing. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh I went I went and made a drink because I was worried that I needed one. Yeah, this is this is mostly a being drunk talking to each other on the phone podcast. So, is this a new format? <laughs> yeah, I'm the original get drunk and talking to a microphone guy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's me. Are you um, making a cocktail? Yeah, I ha- well, kind of. I don't know. I looked up recently the definition of a cocktail versus a mixed drink. In your mind, that does do those mean different things? No. I, that's what I thought too. I thought they meant the I'm same thing. I'm not a refined person, though, so maybe this is a cocktail uh, one that has a specific name. I think that a cocktail, <clears throat> I think that the idea is like a mixed drink is just two ingredients two mixed together. This okay. is what some people believe. This isn't this isn't science. But a Scott. cocktail is like a name, like a martini. Yeah, but I mean, I'm drinking a gin and tonic. I've been on a gin and tonic kick. I think what I'm doing now is I'm drinking mm. gin and tonic so one day when I finally have to go sober, I can still pull it off because it'll look like I can just drink like a soda water and and ice. Gin and tonic's a good drink if you're sick. I've noticed, nice. by the way, this is the podcast. Um, okay. I've noticed that I started drinking a lot more uh, White Claw in the pandemic. Okay. And I am way less hungover when I drink White Claw. And then I tested this theory because I don't know if you're familiar with the theory that uh, brown liquor causes more or harsher hangovers than than clear liquor. Are you I've heard this, this 
Sugar. Isn't it sugar? I think sugar it's, content. Yeah, it's like unfermentable sugars. So the all brownness. The, yeah, the brownness comes from like, like uh, yeah, sugar that can't be fermented. And also, like, I think some shit off the barrel. I guess it's probably, well, I guess it's both those things, right? Because they go, anyways. So I don't know why, but I guess you maybe get toxins from the the char or whatever mm. in the barrel. Oh. It could be complete horseshit. However, uh, I am drinking gin and tonic for this reason. Okay. my I like uh, I like a gin and tonic. I haven't had one for a while. That was my mom's go-to drink. She always had Schweppes and uh, whatever gin. She wasn't a fancy lady. But By the way, this I, is a, I'm recording video of myself. This is the most insane podcast setup. But right now, what do you see? Was it just you on a phone? It's, I'm talking to you on a phone, and then I'm talking into a microphone. But you can probably hear me from the phone side. <clears throat> but I just held up uh, Schweb's tonic water, and uh, I'm drinking uh, Aviation Gin, which is actually oh. owned by Ryan Reynolds. <clears throat> so, Ryan oh. Reynolds, if you'd like to sponsor me, Aviation Gin. You have to have Schweppes. Yeah. It's, or uh, what's another, I don't know any, what are, what's another gin? Oh, another tonic water that I like is a Safeway Select tonic water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually don't know if there's a difference between the quality of, I don't have an, even a, I bought a fancy bottle, like a very fancy bottle of gin uh, somewhat recently called. Like Hendrix? Uh, in a similar class, it's called Botanist. And it's like, it was fine. Uh, I certainly don't have a refined enough palate to understand the difference. So I, the first bottle of gin I bought was a Tanqueray. Mm. The first gin I drank was from, it was like 25-year-old gin that my grandpa had kept at his house after he quit drinking. <clears throat> that was for like my my mom's first wedding or something like that was it is it because you heard about it on a like a rap video or something the tanker yeah i do think that's probably why i feel like that's it's they did a lot they did a lot listen if you i mean even gin and juice is a by the way a drink i've never had but a drink i certainly wouldn't have even considered were it not for snoop dogg yeah it's very influential have you had yeah hip hop this list this is the podcast where someone finally points out that hip hop <laughs> culture is influential <laughs> <laughs> only with regard to uh uh drinks that also your mom would like yes well so have you had a uh, snoop dogg's red wine by chance no is it a blend it is a red blend it's called a uh, cali red and okay. it's it's uh what I would compare it to is not even a red wine, but like a Flemish red ale. Mm. Like a Duchess de Bourgogne is I I'm sure not how you pronounce it, but how it's how I say it. That sounds right. I actually if I recall, uh one of the last things my wife and I did before the pandemic was go to your fortieth birthday. Yeah. And then another thing that I did, by the way, was send you a message right before your 41st birthday and said, the pandemic has to at at least last through your 41st birthday so that everybody gets one fucked up birthday 
because uh, everyone's birthday got fucked up in 2020. And everyone that was born April or later. Yeah. And then now it's your, I think your 42nd birthday has passed. Yes. And we're still doing it. Still. Yeah, that's good. I think it's good. It's, I'm it's happy weird. that we're, I'm happy that we're still in the pandemic. I'm glad it's still messed up, but mm-hmm. it really overshadowed uh, what should have been a truly traumatic, uh, monumental birthday. Yeah. I remember your wife, uh, who also turned 40 the same, uh, not the same day, literally, but the party was yes. also celebrating her 40th birthday. She said, well, if you don't feel comfortable, we understand if you don't show up, like if you want to, you know, whatever, not, if you don't feel comfortable showing up to our party, we understand. And I was like, these Seattle hipsters <laughs> that are being so accommodating. They're probably, they probably have like a, they're like banning peanuts from their birthday and all this stuff. And I was like, no allergens. Yeah. yeah. And then as it turns out, there was reason to be cautious. <laughs> I, um, remember I, it's weird. Cause that party, we were just like, well, if everybody, if you just use enough hand sanitizer, it'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know I was sitting across from like a bunch of comics that I don't even, uh, I don't even know. And we're just like, not even, there's no, I'm, I'm like buzzed and talking loudly. This was in the time when they used to think like you, you can't touch your face. It was actually before that. This is before they decided face touching was the thing that was going to kill you. It was like days before they were like, oh, you shouldn't touch anything for a while. Yeah. I've, I think I might've said this on this podcast before, but I had, so when we first went to Zoom meetings, dude, I went, I think at one point I went like, I, in my mind it's 90 days, but I don't think it's, it was 90, but it was a long time. It was like 30 days without driving at all. Yeah. And, uh, because we just weren't leaving the house. I was bought, we all got, we got all of our groceries delivered. We got all of our, we got like some restaurant meals delivered. If there were, if the restaurants were open, ordered everything on Amazon, like not leaving the house, being very, um, cautious so that we could live like boring, normal lives inside of our house. And I remember my boss, I'm on a zoom meeting and I've, he knows about all of the precautions I'm taking. And we're on a Zoom meeting. He goes, dude, don't touch your face. Don't touch your face. And I'm like, it's not just, it's not like just touching your face is the virus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And I was, uh, what's that? I was washing my hands. I remember like being home for, you know, for a month and washing my hands like crazy. And then finally one day being like, what am I doing? I don't leave. Why am right. I? What am I washing away? Yeah. Like <laughs> I was like, hands are getting raw from like constantly <laughs> cleaning. I, I fell out of like, not out of like rebellion, but out of laziness. I fell out of, of a lot of that ritual shit like pretty early. Like for a couple days or a couple weeks, I was like, well, Amazon packages, they got to go them. outside the house. <laughs> I never disinfected Amazon packages. I was just like, we'll give them two days to cool off or whatever. Right. And, uh, after, I mean, it, it was like pretty shortly after I was like, now I got to get to those, whatever's in that fucking box. Yeah. I can't be waiting around a couple days 
for this. I'm about to make another drink, Scott. Oh, that's fine. I brought the bottle upstairs with me. You did? I should have brought... I I made myself something, and then I... But I have to walk through the house to get there. I even made a... I brought up an ice you, bucket. You have ice? I didn't even have ice. I, have to, I, I need to fire up the ice machine. You should. We have an ice machine now. Uh, we bought a lot of weird stuff during the pandemic. <laughs> I want a nugget, a nugget ice maker. Oh, dude, I've wanted one of those since <laughs> I found out they existed. Is it? It's like four hundred bucks or something like that. Five hundred bucks. Yeah, it was like five hundred dollars. It, all it does is make nugget ice. Okay, so for the uninitiated, nugget ice is people call it Sonic ice. <clears throat> I will forever call it Taco Time ice because when I, yeah, I used to work Taco at Taco Time, Time ice. I used to work at Taco Time, and people would come to the Taco Time location and order, like, large... They would pay for a large soda and just get ice. <laughs> yeah, I just want ice. Um, so... But yeah, we got we got the maker. Okay. What... How is it? It makes tiny, tiny ice. Yeah. You know who tiny... else used to have that ice, by the way? Huh. The Comedy Underground. Oh, oh. Perhaps the classiest thing about the now defunct Comedy Underground was that they had nugget ice. So you would order, if you were me. I also didn't trust the draft lines there. You, oh, I had some of the dirtiest beers at that place. Yeah, nothing so, tasted, nothing ever tasted correct there. So I should have brought a second tonic water up here because I'm going to catch a buzz on this. I can't talk no. to you without <laughs> drinking, Scott. It's. That's fine. It's really a miserable I already drank mine, and I didn't really measure, so I'm not sure how much I had. Um, Yeah, that place was like, I had some beers that were just like real interesting characteristics <laughs> going on, you know? Yeah. You'd like get a Manny's and be like, this tastes real, like there's a funk to everything. Yeah, Nobody it was like it was, it was still fermenting. Dark. But not. <laughs> Like, not producing alcohol. Just Every, an infection. All beers were darker than they should have been. Yeah. Oh, they were all darker and less carbonated than they should have been. Yeah. It was flat. It was one of those places where they would pour, like, three and a half beers to fill up one pint glass. Because they were just out. chasing yeah. the foam. Yeah. Yeah, they just always had a pitcher of foam. Um, <laughs> You'd order a beer and they'd be like, where are you sitting? We'll come, we'll bring you the beer. <laughs> I do feel like that place had like a little bit of an odor all the time of like somebody spilled a pitcher of beer 25 years ago and never cleaned it up. Yeah. And like, no, don't worry about it. Yeah. Which I, I've done enough home brewing to like appreciate that smell. I'm not, it certainly is not something people would take as a positive, but I don't mean it as like a complete negative. It was nostalgic for me comforting but uh they also so i would get a bullet rye on the rocks with the nugget ice mm. which is i i'm so when i drink bourbon or rye or whiskey of any kind i try to do it neat i'm working my way up to being a real man who can just easily drink whiskey neat all the time Ugh. yeah yeah no you can't do it I, you are my I role model for what is a real man, Scott. So, oh, I mean, I'm gonna, yes. Thank you. If I'm, it depends on the company. If there's a lot of peer pressure, yeah, then I'll drink it all. I'll drink everything neat. 
or I'll like, you know, knock them back and I'll, I'll be like, yeah, watch. I'm one of the boys, but if I'm alone, not, it doesn't happen as much unless it's like a really sugary bourbon mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, then I'm okay. Like a brown sugar bourbon or something. Yeah. Did you know it's they got purchased of... by Jamie Foxx, by the way? Yes, I did see that. So the the thing that I've been, had the most neat recently is, well, I've had a lot of bourbon neat because I'm trying to be a real man, as I mentioned. Mm. My buddy, there's a bourbon called Eagle Rare that Ooh. is from the same people that make Buffalo Trace. And my okay. friend works at a liquor store and he sent me a text. It's like hard to get right now because it's, uh, it's, uh, it's the hipster bourbon. And so like, I I uh, found my hipster hookup, ooh. as I like to do. I love finding beer and uh, and alcohol hookups, food hookups. These these things I like them. I'm a hipster, Scott. <laughs> I, I was I said hipster disparagingly, but it was self loathing that caused me to say it. <laughs> what is what have you become? Oh, you've known me. You listen. You've known me through a much of the craft beer phase of my life, which I feel like <laughs> I'm not out of. But I'm not, like, uh, it's not, I'm certainly not at the fever pitch that I was pre-child. Why are you, uh, why do you feel, like, what's your transition to um, to hard alcohol or, you know? Mm. Well, I will say this. This is a strange thing. If I drink the same amount of alcohol, um, like the same level of intoxication, and I drink it, in whiskey form, I feel much better the next morning. Okay. I think also significantly less, it has significantly less calories. Yeah. And then all, another thing about it is if I drink, like, let's say I'm going to have uh, three drinks and drive. I would never, I would never consider doing that. But let's just say uh, hypothetical. What if you did? What if at some point in my life I considered that sober enough to drive again? If you're a police officer out there listening, I would never. I stop. I <laughs> sometimes too. sometimes when you read those calculations for blood alcohol content, I feel like they skip between like you could have like six drinks or one half of a drink. Yeah, they bounce around. I've known people who have blow and goes, and they were like, "You can drink a lot more than you think." <laughs> right. I've taken breathalyzers where I'm like, "Oh, I should not be driving," and I'm at like point oh six. Yeah, you're like, go for it. And then sometimes you're like, I've taken them where I'm like, oh, I don't feel anything, and I'm at like point one zero. Yeah, it's totally weird. Anyway, if I were to drink three drinks and drive, um, the what I've noticed is that when I drink whiskey, I never have to piss on the drive home. And if ah. I drink... If I drink two or three pints of beer, so you're like 48 ounces of beer. Yeah. I'm going to piss on the drive home. I might piss twice, depending on how far away the comedy show is. You got to stop. Yeah. My friend, uh, you know Jess Everett, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like you and Jess are like spiritual relatives. <laughs> I think you might be right. Yeah. You guys, you have like similar <clears throat> demeanors and... uh <clears throat> are like uh, similarly easy to spend time with. Yeah, when we're both in the room, it's like too much. 
easiness i know yeah like, i just i float off the ground i don't even know you guys are both there and suddenly my feet are levitating from the ground it's so easy <laughs> we, i feel no very, back pain yeah we're very low low drama low pain people and just what know. would be funny is if you guys just had like some insane beef against each other and had a lot of drama with each other yeah, if we got into a fist fight or something. Oh, I would love that. I would love to see because you. So Jess has. A, I just did a, um, a weekend of comedy with Jess. He was on the last episode of the podcast, <clears throat> and he, uh, he has MS, and you have oh. uh, epilepsy. Yeah, we're like brothers. Yeah, there's like like a little bit. Fu- he, he was. Uh, his family was like kind of Christian. Okay. And you were like kind of Mormon, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're like some weird, like parallel. Yeah. Situation. Um. Anyway, uh, why did I bring that up? Oh, why? Why did I bring that up? Oh, he yes. has a. The reason I brought it up is because he let me know we drove uh from Tacoma to Montana with some stops in between and back. Although he dropped me off at an airport on the way back, by the way, I paid for all the gas. That's right. I'm a hero. I paid for all of the gas. Oh, wow. Um, including left. <laughs> everything that it took to get all the way to Montana, me back to Spokane and him back to Tacoma. Oh my God. Uh, this is, listen, Scott, you didn't know that I would become a benevolent headliner. I didn't know you'd become the friendly road dog. That yeah. you... <laughs> friendly road dog is the name of this episode. Yeah, friend. Um, but anyway, he what I discovered because he has this MS and his uh, body doesn't work right is apparently he's got when he has to piss like he's got to go. Like it's oh, no. there's not a thirty six miles to a rest stop capacity in that bladder. Oh, no. And so he just has a jug of piss. In the car? He's got like a wide mouth Nalgene bottle that is just piss. It's like, oh. it's like blue, but it's like green when it's out, when it's full. He's like a truck driver. Yes, yes. Uh, and I mean, his job is like requires him to drive a little bit. He's like a contractor. So sometimes he's got to drive long distances, but also sometimes it's just his body's failing him. And so he oh, has God. to. So, uh, but it, it inspired me. I have an algae bottle that I don't like. And I'm like, damn, I could so easily just pull off like to the side of the road. So he does it while he's driving. By the way. If you're a police officer out there listening, please pull over Jess Everett for pissing while he drives. In a car? In like, a car, driving, while driving. Oh. Dude, I don't know. I don't have the, the length or girth to make that happen, I don't think. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> there's like a, some... This is a logistical nightmare. Yeah, that's how you know it's... Uh, that's how you know he drives an automatic and not a stick, is that he's able to... to yeah, uh, put the cruise piss. control on. Yeah, oh, maybe that is how he does it. But still, it's like a lot of, I mean, I feel like what it's I don't trust. Because you're sitting down, though, like in a car. He drives like a sedan or something, so he's kind of reclined. Yeah, it's a four-door sedan, so maybe. But, I mean, yeah, I feel like when I'm pissing, I'm, I'm hunched I'm hunched like an old lady over my penis. Um, yeah. Hoping that, that things will go well. And if I was if I was robbed of the opportunity to, like, look where I'm aiming. 
I think it would be uh, it would be worse. That's, that's going to end up on your lap, hundred percent. Yeah, it's, it would be a problem. So anyway, Does everybody have a Nalgene bottle they don't like. I remember Nalgene was pretty like popular, so it must have fallen out of favor. Now well, what I don't, to, like, I don't dislike the bottles. brand. I mean, listen, I know Scott. I know that you must you believe as the hipster person that you are. Um, there's it's got a, you think it's a brand loyalty issue. My my issue is that I have <laughs> a Nalgene bottle that I also like. I just the one that I have that I don't like is a wide mouth one because. It's just impractical while you're driving. You end up like you hit a speed bump and all of a sudden you dump two liters of water on yourself. Yeah, I have one like that in the car and it inevitably spills all over you. Yeah. It's not a good idea. If you get a wide mouth bottle, you have to be sitting still. What I've discovered is that it's basically impossible to find a water bottle that fits in a fucking cup holder too. Yeah, right. What are we doing? So then I have to like get it off the floor. Yeah, so I've I've oh. now exhausted all of my tonic water and all, and I don't think I'm going to drink gin on its own. So there's a chance that if things keep going well, I will be switching to uh, straight bourbon. Ah, see, you have a you have a better you have a more uh, refined liquor cabinet than I do, dude. I yeah, it's gotten pretty good. So oh, what I was going to tell you is what I've drank straight the most recently, which I don't have any up here right now. Actually, my my bourbon selection upstairs is a little where my uh, where the podcast studio is, where I'm coming at you live. Mm. It's a little bit, um, it's a little bare right now. I need to get some uh, some different whiskeys up here. But my sister turned me on to some tequila, and I've been drinking so tequila oh, no. with additives. The like the 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 shit that's like made additives. for people. Yeah, it's they put like extra sugar and shit in it. Oh, you got to track down some of this tequila. What is this? So uh, apparently most tequila has additives, but if you get an, uh, an Anejo or Anejo, mm. I think it is. Yeah. It's, um, they're sweeter. They're darker. They're sweeter. Does but it you, have like a, a deer on it? That is, I think a brand of tequila called uh Casadores. Yeah. <clears throat> but that's they make, you, so this is like, good. that's right. If, as long as there's an animal on it, that's how you know it's yeah, good. Yeah, it's good tequila, probably. Mine is called, the one that my sister got me that I love is called uh, Addictivo Añejo. And oh. it's like, I actually just bought, so she bought me the uh, extra Añejo, and I brought I bought um, the regular Añejo. Does tequila make you um, drunk different? Like, sometimes tequila <clears throat> makes me, like, angry drunk, or kind of like, I don't know. It's not as mellow. I I feel. I've heard all this shit, and I don't really believe it. Maybe I just—it's it, like an excuse. Like I drink it, and I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna go crazy. Fuck it. Um, I don't know. I've met people who are kind of angry tequila drunks, but it could be that they're drinking tequila after having a bunch of beers, which probably is a bad idea. Oh, I was gonna give you my secret to drinking whiskey straight. Hmm. That's what I was doing. We were we've we've been over uh, a lot of um a lot of real estate in this conversation. By the well, way, good to that... talk to you. I, I mean, it's been a long time since we've talked on the phone. I haven't seen you in person since the nineties. I don't come out anymore. It's been. Do you still years. do comedy? Yeah. How often? That's not as you you've eclipsed me 
um, in in duration and probably uh, quality. Um, <laughs> you, I, we, so I've said this to you before, and I might I've probably said it on a podcast, but not this podcast. So I'm going to say it right now. Yeah. When I started, uh, I saw you perform. And I had, by the way, you were like, weirdly, I just saw you a lot on social media before I ever saw you perform. Mm. And there's two things that I expected from you um, <laughs> that didn't, that you didn't live up to. Uh-oh. I expected you to be an asshole, like um, a, like a too cool asshole. <laughs> like I expected you to be like, and I think you might, there's a little bit of this in you, but I expect you to be like one of those guys that has better music taste than me uh-huh. and won't fucking shut up about how much hip hop sucks or something like that. <laughs> and also, and this is not as nice. I expect you to be thinner. Oh, that's funny. And, uh, but you were like nice and not as thin as I thought you would be. And, no, uh, I, <laughs> what? Well, now I, I do less stand up and I'm skinnier. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm How's your music to... taste, though? <laughs> I, I have a lot. Of, it depends. Um, I have a hard time answering that question. Whenever somebody asks me what I like to listen to, I clam up. I don't know what it is. I think like, it's because about... you know you're about to give them the most pretentious answer. That's like, you're, you're going to have some shit on vinyl that I'm like, how yes. the fuck does that band even have vinyl? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be like, it's going to be something like, you can judge immediately and then the other thing you're going to be that's going to happen is i'm not going to understand how the band has vinyl and you're going to be like actually this band they've only ever put music out on vinyl and they've been doing it for 17 years and only they only make eleven thousand albums per pressing and only (laughs) one edition of pressings the problem is i do own i do own vinyl where i own like one of 500 (laughs) (laughs) i'm like yeah, I somebody the other day, somebody asked me. That's so funny. Well, you know what? I'm I've been skinny off and on. So sure. You had the you had the vibe, like you knew maybe you, you have a skinny heart, personality. You, yeah. <laughs> and then um, it just comes and goes. I'm in a thin. I'm thinner. I'm thin now, but you know that could You're change. You're thin. You're full on thin. I lost. I lost 70 pounds. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, my God. Weird, huh? I know. I've, I've gained. So at the beginning of the pandemic, I'm not going to tell you my weight because I'm, no. I'm a lady. <laughs> but at a point, I lost like 13 pounds, aided by the fact that I had uh, my wisdom teeth removed and couldn't eat solids for two weeks. Oh, that's helpful. And then, at that time, I was in a weight loss contest, and I won the weight loss contest. Nice. And then I joined another weight loss contest, and it happened to coincide with me getting my tonsils removed. Again, couldn't eat solids for like two weeks. Seems like you're you're cheating at these weight loss contests. Listen, yes, I'm trying to pay for these surgeries Um, (laughs) through, through the victory of... How much uh, money do you get winning a weight loss competition? One of them, I'm a. I did it with two people who welched on the bet, so okay. zero dollars. The other one, I uh, 
they did not welch on it, but it was through this thing, and I got a, I think I got like um, seventy five bucks or something like that. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was pretty good. I'm switching. I'm officially. I didn't know I'd have to drink so much while we were talking. So that's okay. Um, yeah, during the pandemic, I gained a bunch of weight because I drank so much, and then I went like, uh, and then I went, I I went the opposite way. Janelle, uh, my wife went to a nutritionist, and I went on that annoying ass keto diet everybody does. Oh and yeah, I, and it worked. I lost a shit ton of weight. It was pretty weird. Oh, I'm gonna be so fucking annoyed when I see you the next time. <laughs> Sorry. Mm, fucking uh, hot, Scott. I'm still nice though. Um, yeah. So hell yeah, that was where, where we were at. Is uh, you, um, were one of my a skinny asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you were probably my favorite local comic, bef- like maybe before, shortly after I started comedy. And then I've told you this story before, but I've, again, I have not said it on this podcast, I don't think, which is, um, I had been doing comedy for like a little over a year. Mm-hmm. No, not even that, like six months. Cause I didn't let my wife come see me for six months. And then we did, we went to a, uh, a lesbian wedding in Bellingham, Washington. And I was like, Hey, there's an open mic in Bellingham. Can you... Can I do it? And she's like very annoyed that I have paired this wedding, which is two friends of hers <laughs> with. And I was like, listen, mm-hmm. we're going to be done with the wedding by whatever. And the the open mic isn't until 10 or something was like it that. Was like that green frog or whatever? That place no, was it wasn't or... that one. It was like, oh, man, it was called the shakedown. The rest of uh, the, yeah, the, the bar shakedown. was called the shakedown. Yeah, I've been there. Um, And it's like I show up and it's just like only comics and. This is like uh, like mid to late December. It's only comics. My wife knows I've done comedy. We've like listened to my sets. I'm not hiding this from her, but she's never seen me perform. And I go up, dude, and it's all comics, and it's all Bellingham comics who are not interested in like a fucking 30-year-old or not quite 30, but like late 20s white dude with a beard is not what they were interested in paying attention to. And I just uh-uh. bomb so fucking hard. And then I went to Tacoma Comedy Club's open mic. It was like the one right before the end of the year. So I think there's like a bunch of people who are like, well, this isn't a New Year's resolution. I better get it in before the, Uh before January, you know? And uh, there was like weirdly like 200 people at their open mic, maybe 150, whatever. It was the largest crowd I had performed in front of uh, ever to that point. And I remember this also. Jenny Zagrino was at the, like, she was, she did a, a set at the open mic. She was there. She had done, like, some local podcast. She was in town. Anyway, I get off stage. I had, like, best set of my life to that point. For, for like, months, I would listen to that set when I felt depressed. And uh, best set of my life. I go back, and I was talking to a mutual friend of ours, Mike Coletta, and... Um, I think Monica Nevy, both past podcast guests, I believe, um, if not future podcast guests, and they were sitting with Jenny Zagrino, and she was like, oh my god, you were so good, and I was like, because she had like been on shit at that point. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my god, that's so nice, and then uh, I go, and I was like, I talked to her for a minute, her and uh, her and Monica and Mike, 
and I'm like on top of the world and I go order a beer and I'm going to go sit back. My, my, uh, my wife is in the audience. My mom is in the audience. Two, uh, friends of ours are in the audience. It's the first time I've invited like actual, like people out to see me do stand up. And I go, I order a beer and I'm just standing, like soaking it in at the bar at Tacoma comedy club. And who walks up to me, but my favorite local comic, Scott Lossie. <laughs> Aww. And he goes, this guy, Scott Lossie, uh, chubby, nice guy instead of the skinny asshole he's become. <laughs> That's right. Walks up to me and goes, dude, it's just so cool to watch you find your voice on stage. That was really great. And then, uh, yeah. And then I'm like, I'm, I'm actually, th- this is probably the alcohol, but I'm like, it's all, it's the alcohol and then the lowered threshold for emotion now that I'm a parent. <laughs> But I'm getting a little bit emotional thinking about this because it was like such a nice thing. And uh, you've never helped me since then one time, but you did get me through that one moment of uh, where, you know, there's like moments, a lot of moments when you're first starting where you're like, should I fucking quit? Yeah. And yeah, you got me. I mean, that, that I was wasn't there that I was there when you needed me one time. You lift that that comment genuinely lifted me for a while. That's good. That's nice because you know I don't talk to a lot of people, <laughs> so <laughs> so if I said like I remember saying that and like I didn't I didn't I don't really, I don't like talking to comics you know yeah most most of them are don't I don't relate to them on a real level for sure you know so you're like a real dude yeah and like I thought yeah and I never I never shoot I never blow smoke up people's asses if they didn't do well right um but i remember watching you and like i remember meeting you with like aaron kirby mm-hmm. and like you were just starting and you're just trying to figure it out i remember and yeah like i can re- i can recall that and like yeah if i compliment people it's 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 because i was honestly like impressed by it because generally i avoid everybody and try to leave early and uh not say goodbye to anybody <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's i mean I, so like i think that's first off i'm similar like I, I will there's two times i will compliment people one is when i know that the situation is going to be very awkward if i don't i try to find <laughs> like one at least one nice thing to say like if they come off they're standing by you and you're like, like oh man i really so, love that premise uh that's uh that thing you said about the thing yeah that's great and then the other time is like when I genuinely like when I genuinely like people like I think I'm annoyingly forward about it like I I am uh there's like young local comics that I'm like fuck that guy's good and then I think like like here's an example uh I've never taken a tag I'd never take tags from anyone people no. give tags I hate receiving tags I never Me take too. tags and so I've taken like I don't know four in my life uh w- one from a guy who doesn't do comedy anymore, but was like a professional stand-up comic at a time. Uh, another from a guy who's given me seven million tags and finally hit on one. <laughs> uh, oh shit! I guess two from the guy that doesn't do stand-up anymore, and then the third tag I took. Oh no, fuck! No, that's not that's not true. One I took from a dude named Matthew Broussard, who is a New York comic. Um, okay, and. It like it tag worked fine, and then the other one, man, is from a fucking guy who's been doing open mics for like 
uh, well, I guess he's like three years into comedy or whatever, but like two of those years are pandemic years, but like gave me the, like truly the best laugh and the joke. And I've like told him, I'm like, that tag fucking works. Just so you know, that tag works. Like I'm, nice. I'm letting him know because I want him to know. I want him to feel good too. Like um, it actually worked. Yeah. I want people to feel good when they do well, when I think they're funny and he is funny. Zach Summerfield, by the way, if I, uh, I was like omitting his name, not on purpose, but Zach Summerfield. Secret, secret names. I, uh, I started going out again and like doing more stage time and doing shows. Um, it's, it's been fun, but it's also funny because there's a whole, there's a whole other generation that started. <laughs> um, <laughs> who thinks I'm just some fucking guy yeah. who's showing up. <laughs> Which I am, but just like, you know, there's some old, you know, um, whatever, there's some 40 something year old dude who's just lingering. Yeah. Who's getting stage time for some reason. On it, yeah, they're like, who's um, this fucking guy that came around to steal our stage time? I had somebody invite me to go to like uh, an open mic. So, like somebody told me I should check out Jai Tai or something. <laughs> it was, made me laugh. I, I built like, that place yeah. from the ground up. I did. <laughs> like, I don't want to say. You know, you don't want to say it, something like that, but I was like, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. That sounds interesting. Jai Tai like, for the... I spent the... every... <laughs> oh, go ahead. Oh, well, you... No, say what you're going to say, because I... Oh, I, I didn't want to be like, I spent three days a week there for eight years. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, for, for those that don't know, Jai Tai is a uh, Thai restaurant in Capitol Hill in Seattle that had comedy like four or five days a week for years and then i actually have no idea what it's doing right now post pandemic they, they still do it they it's like switched hands and it looks gotcha. like they're still doing pretty well but i don't know i guess it's kind of it's funny it's like a double-edged sword right it's like kind of like um kind of i miss I, I sort of miss when people knew who i was but at sure. the same time it's kind of fun to show up and have somebody be like, are you from here? Yeah. You're kind of like, like, uh, did you ever see like, those yeah. commercials? The, uh, uncle drew the, it was Kyrie Irving, but he was dressed in like jackass old man makeup. Oh, okay. And he would show up to basketball courts as this old man and just destroy like the street ball players that were playing. Oh, funny. And you're like that. You're like, Oh, this guy that I've never met or heard of shows up to this open mic and just fucking crushes. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because they're like, or I'm like, you know, people, put, I'll somebody put me a blast and people are like, who are, are you from here? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I've been doing it for a while. <laughs> it's just weird. I don't know. It's been fun to get back into it. There's so many new people and there's a lot of new, pretty good people too. So yeah. it's like, um, you know, we had a crew of people and it totally like at the moment, like when you're in it, I think you think like, this is it. This is our, our, this is, you know, we're always going to be on top of this. And then you realize uh, how replaceable everybody is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and I think I'm like post your crew. Yeah. You and I get along great, but I don't think like your crew was, I know who your crew was. And most of those people have either moved away or quit comedy by now you're the yeah you're one of few remaining people people why i'm still here um 
Yeah, people actually quit comedy, which is interesting because you, you think some some people never will, but yes. it happens. It just takes like 10 years. Yes. Uh, and then, but so my, I think my like whatever class of comedy is. Your generation. My generation is like uh, in Seattle, we're very fractured. So there's not like a crew. It's like in the Seattle scene, there's like pretty strong divides. So like I have some very close friends and we all take care of each other in the ways that comedians take care of each other, which makes me, it sounds like either I'm insinuating murder or sexual favors. <laughs> but I'm just saying like booking each other on shows, right. telling each other where there's a good show, you know? Yeah. But not like, um, you know, I've heard like the, I think like Tacoma comedy club, for example, there was like a table, the table. Well, I like, got in and out of doing a lot of open mics in the time that the table like it got overtaken it got overrun by uh by parasites you know yeah so i never had yeah. like the crew but i do have friends and i and i also think by the way like i've had the lucky experience of becoming friends with some comics who are like uh well past where where I was at the time, you, Gabriel Rutledge, uh, Jay Hollingsworth is another guy. I mean, even like Monica and Mike were, were probably a class or two ahead of my class. Yeah. And so some of that's, yeah, I had to, used to do a podcast with comedian Aaron Kirby to whom I have not spoken on a regular basis in fucking five years or something like that. But, um, <laughs> we talk, we talk like once a year. You and him do? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. We exchange a random holiday text every once in a while. Nice. Yeah, and no, I'm uh I am off of the holiday text. We have a rift. It is it is uh to be completely honest, we have a rift. But um, <laughs> we do, we have problems. But uh no. but uh but I mean that's like uh you know, if it wasn't for that dude, by the way, now that I'm getting emotional and sentimental, it wasn't for that dude, even though I do have beef with him genuinely do have beef with him uh i probably wouldn't have started doing comedy because yeah, it's okay it's okay to get emotional i found like now that i'm in my 40s i like i cry really easy and i also feel sentimental real easy too so yeah well you. it's because you're gonna die soon scott but i'm still yeah, young and heart. hot and in my mid-30s so yeah you could still turn it around me and just kind of it's all downhill from here um it's funny i comedy yeah there's always like different classes i guess it yeah. doesn't necessarily benefit you to stay within it <laughs> within your class sure because um 90 of your class is going to stop or not do anything with it right or end up being weirdo toxic people that you don't actually want to deal with <laughs> yes i i had a pretty wise words told to me by a booker which is basically be nice to everyone because you don't know who's going to own a comedy club one day that's like, true and i was like oh fuck that's great and then i but also like it's you know the um so much of comedy at my level and your level is uh getting like local bookings from people who are booking you because you're nice to them. 
Yeah. Or people who book you because they remember that you do it for the last 10 years and they're right. lazy. Yes. Well, there's also that, by the way, which is because I've had a lot of those experiences where I'm like, you're fucking booking where I'm like, I'm on a show and I'm featuring for someone and I'm like, this guy's headlining. This is the guy. And it's like, oh, yeah, because the booker started 12 years ago and I started seven years ago. And that's who they think of as a headliner. Exactly. And that's just who they'll always think of as a headliner. Right. Yeah. So I just need just that fun. person to die and then the next person to take over that room. And then yeah. I get booked. That's how it works. I, yeah, I get booked opening for people. You know, there's certain bookers who book me still. And it's funny because I'm like, I, you know, even when I wasn't doing it a ton, and I'd still get offers. And I'm mm -hmm. like, you don't, I'm just like, you're not paying attention to anything, are you? Right. <laughs> like, because if you did, you'd notice that I'm not working. <laughs> And if you may, maybe then you think twice, but like you just end up, sometimes you just end up on the short list with certain people for sure. Just keep coming back to you unless you piss them off, which I've done. And then somebody's people never ask me again. Um, yeah. Even me, nice fat guy, Scott Lossie, doesn't. <laughs> well, <get booked. laughs> yeah, you're, you're in deep shit now that you're a skinny asshole, Scott Lossie. It's like, um, you know what? I, you know what? I worried. Actually, I did worry when I lost weight, that I would become less personable to crowds. Interesting. Like, like because I couldn't, like, I was like, oh, no. They couldn't imagine being that hot? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no. <laughs> I wondered how much of my comedy was built into some insecurity. Oh, that, yeah. That was, like, um, best portrayed by someone who isn't healthy looking. Or something. I don't know. I was I was pretty convinced that it, I was totally convinced for a while that if I lost weight, I would not be funny anymore. So there's. I think this is would, like a way to convince yourself to keep eating, because yeah. I have. So I released a 25 minute thing on YouTube, and I'm gonna keep. My hope is to just do that every year, just to like release a 25 minute like kind of special every year. Yeah, I and. Saw that. And uh, many of those jokes, uh, by the way, were the inspiration for Scott Lossie to tell me that I had found my voice six months into comedy. Um, but I have the next one is going to be a lot about like aging and fatness. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I can't. Of course, I can't be skinny when I record this thing. Uh, and then I'm like, well, what if I get too skinny? Like, am I, am I, is the material going to be ready in time for me to, for me to fuck it? <laughs> it's a real fear. Yeah. It's like, it's, I'm somehow talking myself out of getting skinnier and being healthier. Um, I, I did a show where I like started to tell an old joke and I realized that the premise was like, the premise was based on that, like being overweight. And I was like, oh, no, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> and then yeah. I just kind of rolled with it. But it was like, oh, shit. That material's burnt. And you can't be like, nobody gives a shit. You can't go to the stage and be like, I'm, I'm skinny now. Yeah. Me. Like, um, yeah, man. No, it's cool to see you. Like, 
you're out there on the fucking road traveling, going to places and uh, yeah, staying in horrible motels and stuff. And yeah, well, that was the in- that was the first time I talked to you in a while. Was I was in a I was sharing a motel in Moses Lake, Washington, with Jess Everett, your spiritual cousin, my buddy. Um. And I offered to let you come MC for us, which, by the way, for a moment I thought you might do it. I think I had plan. I was do. I think I had plans the next day. You weren't gonna come to fucking Moses Lake to make no money MCing. Also, I found out when we got to the show that there was an MC, and she was uh, a woman who had done. She hadn't done comedy in ten years. I don't know oh, how wow. how long she had done comedy in Salt Lake City, but she had done she started comedy in Salt Lake City and then hadn't done comedy in ten years. And went up and like did fine. But uh I mean not Scott Lossie good, I'll tell you that much. Hey, thanks. You're just you're just being nice. Hey, I'm you could be a road MC for me any day, buddy. Can I? That okay. is my I, nice thing to say to you. Twenty five bucks. Um God, I've driven some, I've done some long drives though. One time I got off an airplane from vacation, drove home, dropped off my suitcase, and then drove to Spokane immediately <laughs> after flying like six <laughs> hours. Drove five hours to fucking do like not even a club show. <laughs> oh, like, no. You like, you, you, you can you're really bad at math if if it helps with stand up if you don't think about how much money you uh spent to do the thing you're getting paid to do. Yes. I've always said that uh making a dollar doing comedy is worth way more to me than any dollar I've made doing like day job shit, so I'm willing to accept eating shit on occasion. But it does suck. I did uh we had like a whole podcast about it, but, um, so we went to, Cal- uh, not Kalispell, Big Fork, Montana. And I took the gigs in April. Cause I was like, well, in April, I won't have to worry about the snow. Oh uh, yeah. And then we got like the whole drive out to Big Fork. It was snowing, but it wasn't sticking. And we're like, well, maybe it just won't stick. <laughs> right. And then on the drive back from Big Fork, Montana to Spokane, where I was going to fly out of. So we leave Big Fork at like 9.45 maybe. You lose an hour or you gain an hour back on the drive. So it's like 8.45 Spokane time. The drive is, if there's no traffic and it's you're driving the speed limit, it's three hours and 27 minutes. It ends up taking us like five hours and 45 minutes because there's oh, so God. much snow. We're like... Basically, at points, we're like, we haven't seen another car in, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. And there's just so many deer on the road that Jess, so Jess was driving, just slowed down to like 25 miles an hour because there were so many deer. Oh, my God. And so then I get dropped off at uh, the Spokane airport at 2 a.m. I realize that I don't have a mask. And it's like two days before the mask mandate at the airport <laughs> goes away. So I take one of Jess's disgusting old masks 
It's got like he's a painter. It's got like paint stains and sweat oh, smell no. in it. And uh, I was like, well, I'll be able to buy a mask in the airport, and I could not buy a mask in the airport. And so I just wore this mask for fucking from two a.m., which I let him. I I let I just I mean let is a fucking tough word when you're like remember let's remember i paid for the gas okay he uh he dropped me off at 2 a.m which is like a direct shot from montana went back to the hotel room and he slept and went home the next day or the next after he whatever woke up i uh 2 a.m is when i arrived at the airport 5 a.m is when i flew out and then but i slept like the whole anyways my point is is you do all that you do all that shit to be able to do this thing that like is occasionally great and often very times is unsatisfying yeah. very, very often times is unsatisfying yeah it's a uh... anyway i feel i i agree with you is what i'm saying it's uh yeah it's, tough. it's a it's a labor of love because <laughs> no, most people aren't aren't getting rich or breaking even basically. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're, you're choosing to put yourself in like uncomfortable situations. Yeah. I'm choosing uh, to share a motel six. That's got cigarette burns in the comforters and, uh, and offer smoking rooms still somehow with Jess Everett, who's a guy that I like, but you'd it's there's, I would rather be in a fucking hostel but well that's that's actually the same situation but i would i would rather be like in a garbage motel where i get my own room than like a three star hotel that's reasonably nice but we have to share a room you know what i mean <laughs> yeah no i've stayed on hotel floors like yeah it's funny what you'll do in your the pursuit of your of your uh dream but i guess um the best way to survive stand-up is to have reasonable expectations. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know. Because when it hits, it's like, feels better than anything you've ever done. Yes. You're like, well, I just made $80, and that's fine. And yeah. It costs $120 to be here. And my, <laughs> I just had, I just bought all, they didn't pay, but they didn't buy my drinks. So I actually made Negative know, $30. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm actually broke and or they didn't pay me at all or they're going to mail me the check. Oh Maybe. man. The like the mailing the check. I think I've only had that a couple times and it's like, what the fuck are we doing? We have Venmo. We have fucking PayPal. These are all oh, like, you could, you could, yeah. what are we doing with these? No, things? I did a show the other, I did a show recently um, with, for a booker who still does that, um, who mails the check. Yeah, I and probably I did like, a show well, for the same booker. I was like, well, I guess in the next three to four weeks, maybe I will get paid. Um, <laughs> the booker also didn't tell me how much I was getting paid. And classic move, I didn't ask. I just said, okay. Um, I don't know. Have you, you know what's funny I noticed about stand-up that doesn't happen in any other facet of my life is that people ask you if you're available Yes. But they don't tell you what it is. Yes. It, it, there's nothing else I do in my life where people, they bury it. They bury <laughs> what it yeah. is so deep. 
Yeah, even like they, if you're doing something on the weekend, people will be like, "Hey, do you want to go to the zoo?" Not like, "Hey, are you available they, on you're available Saturday?" Yeah. You're like for $150, you're like they make you you like have to accept it first. Yeah. You're like, "Yes, I'd like it." Cool, you're driving to Pendleton. And you're like, wait, I don't want to do that. And you're like, well, but you just said you did. The the uh, illness of all this is I'm like, wait, I thought the booker for Pendleton retired, so who's fucking booking Pendleton now? Can I get the information? <laughs> I, I've never <laughs> been booked there. But I just picked a road city that I knew that there yeah. was comedy. I have, um, I have store Pendleton, uh, which, by the, the way, roundup. you have to, you're fucking almost at bedtime. Oh, that's okay. But I did I'll Pendleton. Just, <laughs> just mid story. Just, yeah, middle of you talking. I'll just get a click. Actually, you know what? Now that the sun's up later, it, I can't go to bed that early anyway. Oh, okay, I'm pretty awake. So Pendleton, Oregon. I did my first gig, road gig with Gabriel Rutledge, in Pendleton, Oregon. We actually got booked for Grant's Pass, and oh. then we went to pendleton is like an add-on show and the guy was like you gotta do it's a a casino and it's at this room it's casino that you can still smoke in in pendleton oregon you get a hotel on site um you show up in the the room and because of the rules of the casino or the rules of the booker you're not allowed to uh drink before which is Actually, at the time, I might have drank before the show, given the opportunity, but now I wouldn't care about that at all. Um, I, mean, oh, I got I, in trouble for that. You've gotten sure. in trouble for that? Yeah. Oh. Uh, I got caught breaking that rule one time. What I city? In, I was in Coos Bay. I know the booker. Different booker. This is actually, believe it or not, a different booker. No. The other uh, one of those bookers. Oh. The, <laughs> the other, other one. old person booker. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I don't worry. I don't. The person doesn't book me anymore, so it's okay. But um, the person's booked yeah. me one time. <laughs> uh, we had a falling out. Um, but I yeah, see. I were to... you skinny and hot when you had the falling out, or were you fat? No, and friendly? I was fat and friendly. But I wanted. I needed a drink because I had to drive nine hours. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted a beer. Um, no, I went to Coos Bay and I had a beer like I had a beer like an hour before the show, and like the fr- the the freaking manager of the venue ratted me out, and um, I tried to order a second drink and the the guy came up to me and he's like, "Oh, your manager said that you're uh, not supposed to be drinking." Oh God! And I was like, "I have a manager." I had no idea. That's crazy. And then I got an email from from her. Um, freaking bitching me out it was amazing so sorry sorry, mom (laughs) (laughs) so uh pendleton oregon the i saw a dude like acquire a prostitute while i was sitting in the back of the casino i'm not allowed to drink but this guy's like doing a transaction (laughs) with the prostitute you don't want to be inappropriate at the casino. Right. <laughs> Heaven forbid you were a little drunk. So, uh, such a, I know. Such a beautiful place. And then I go back stage and they have like truly like it's got to be $200,000 worth of audio equipment. 
Oh, man. And it's fucking, like, it's beautiful. The room is, like, the build-out's amazing. But they don't charge, uh, they don't charge admission. So the people that show up for comedy, they don't have to pay. But also the people that show up before comedy who are sitting, in many cases, closer to the stage than the people that actually want to see comedy. Yes. They're in there for free also. Is it like a lounge? Is it a situation? Is it like the lounge in the middle of the casino? It's There's like, yeah, have, yes, exactly. Have that. you ever done those the shows where it's like you realize all casinos are um, built by the same construction company? <laughs> they all have the same lounge, uh, the, like the, the Highway 101 lounge or something. It's always in the same place. Yeah, very close to the um, casino. <laughs> and slot machines. Yeah, I can I can hear slot machines while I'm on stage. That's how close it is yeah. to the kid. So the 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 uh, you go on stage. The host is also a security guard at the casino. Perfect. And he he's like, hey, so this is the deal. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna warm him up, and then you need to do if you do 28 minutes. To 32 minutes, you're good. So if you get off before 28 minutes, you have to bring Gabe up because I won't be here. And if you do 32 minutes, if you do more than 32 minutes, you got to bring Gabe up because I'm not going to be here. So you got to be in between that window. And I'm like, okay, like he's got four minutes that he'll come back just to introduce the headliner, which is like, why don't you just make it? I introduced the headliner. Why don't we just do that? I can't believe I can't believe he did time up front. Well, this is his time, though. Because I was like, oh, he's going to like go out and do like five or ten minutes, maybe 15 minutes, but he's going to do material. And yeah. so I will like get to hear laughs before I go out on stage. Because that's the biggest, by the way, the biggest luxury of featuring is that you get to hear the crowd laugh before yeah. you have to go up and tell them jokes. You don't have to be the person to figure out if they won't. Yeah. To, you don't have to take the bullet. Yes. So he goes everything out. after everything after hosting it gets gets easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're like, all right, I got it figured out. I get to know if the crowd sucks or not. Yeah, and then plan accordingly. So this guy goes out and he goes, um, "Hey everybody, thanks for coming out for comedy. Uh, I got a question: Are there any birthdays in the audience? And like, you know, three or four people are like, woo." And he goes, happy birthday. All right, are there any anniversary? He doesn't say any jokes, doesn't talk to anybody. He's got no bit. Yeah, he goes, uh, all right, are there any uh, anniversaries in the audience? Woo! Happy anniversary. All right, are there any uh, bachelorette or bachelor parties in the audience? Woo! Well, congratulations. All right, your first comedian. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, so you just, like, all you did was just get them to think that responding to the comedian... Like yelling out to the comedian is what comedy is. And then you got up. You didn't do, we didn't make them laugh. We didn't do anything. We actually just delayed the time between when they, the show started to when they started laughing basically. Oh no. And so then I I went up and I just ate absolute shit for like 30 minutes. Gabe, Gabe told me in advance. He's like the opener never does well. The one joke that I had that went well. It wasn't even a joke that I had written. There was a guy that just kept heckling me, kept heckling me, and I have a joke. Um it's on Baby Weight EP on YouTube mm-hmm. that uh where I say, um, have you ever tried to break a condom using only the power of positive thinking? Mm-hmm. And I say that and the guy goes, uh 
what's a condom? And I go, it's what I wish your parents would have used. Oh, that's good. And the, which is like, yeah, I was very proud of myself. Easily the biggest laugh. I mean, exponentially bigger than any other laugh I got. Uh, during that's the when set. you walk off stage. I know. And then I got to introduce Gabe because it was 17 Thank minutes into my set. What's the, um, have you ever gone super short because things were going so bad? Not because things were going so bad. I will stomach the, I will stomach a bomb, but I did. Yeah, I'll take abuse. I will sit there and just recite words to you for 25 to 30 minutes. Yeah, I'll, I will fill like the time. It. I'll eat shit. I'll even take the pauses for laughs. I don't give a shit. Like, if it's going that badly, it's like, who <laughs> fucking <laughs> cares, dude? Like, I, like, I what am I? Build them, yeah. I will, um, build, I will build it in. <laughs> like, yeah, I will do like nope. what, right. what I'll do if I'm if it seems rough at the beginning is I'll just like start hammering jokes until I hear like enough laughter that I feel like I can take a break. But if I don't reach that point, I'm like, well, fuck it. Like, I, I mean, I'm not going to give you like this works well. So if you don't like it, you guys could fuck yourselves. Uh, yeah. But the one time I did, I was at um, Jokers in Richland with Augie Smith headlining. And I have, I had like a set that I was, I had been, I had like a feature set that I've been doing for a while. I think I was actually, it's like pre pandemic, but I was planning on recording it. Like it was in my mind already. I'm like, I'm going to record this 25 minutes. And, uh, he was taking a shit and I just somehow missed like a five minute chunk. Oh no! So at this place, I was like, I was like, listen, you don't, you know, you know, Joker's in Richland. Like, I, don't, I was like, I don't, you don't necessarily need to light me. I'll time myself. Don't worry about it. We're gonna be fine. Yeah. I'm a professional. What do you think? I'm some kind of amateur up here? Yeah, I'm timing myself on stage. Okay. Yes, I know you have salsa night. Of course, I will get off at the exact time that I'm supposed to get off. Right. And I. uh I get off stage and Augie's coming on stage. He's like, what the fuck? Are you like five minutes sh- short? And I'm like, nah, dude, I did like all the jokes. Like I've done this set a billion times. Hey, oh, no, no, dude, I did not No, Augie Smith. I did not go short. Okay. And he's like, dude, I was taking a shit. Cause I thought I had time. I had to pinch it off. I barely got to wipe. And I'm like, no, dude, I did not go short. And then I looked it up. And of course I went, I went short. Oh, geez. <laughs> Um, when I used to, when I worked Tacoma, sometimes I'd be featuring and I'd see the headliner walk towards the bathroom and I'd be in that, like, and if it wasn't like, there was times when I was like, God damn it, I gotta, I gotta do just enough jokes so they can take a dump. (laughs) You did a thing one time, which I should also get to bed. I know that you're, uh, you're on fumes now. You're, you're laying on the ground in your living room now because I've had cocktails, so I'm awake. Uh, oh man you have the same alcoholic bug that i have which is like you can really revive a night by having a couple <laughs> drinks i can't that's the if i have two drinks then like party i'm ready, I'm ready i knew to go. i knew there was a problem when i because i was going to college and i used to work this uh this uh graveyard shift 6 p.m to 6 30 a.m uh Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'd get off work oh, no. Monday morning at 6.30 a.m. I'd go to I'd go home, shower, have like four Coronas. Oh, wow. 
go to, but it would energize me. Those four Coronas would energize me. Then you'd go out and do stuff. I'd go to college. I'd go sit in oh, class amazing. at college. And uh, now, yeah, I have like, now I get it more with cocktails than with beer. Beer is, I've finally reached the age where I understand why people say that beer makes them tired. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm, uh, so yeah, you're energized. So what was I talking about? Oh, you did a thing at Tacoma Comedy Club that I thought was very funny, which is you told a joke to close your set and you told it wrong (laughs) and you go oh yeah i fucked that up hold on let's start over yeah (laughs) yeah and you spun around in a circle you just like turned around and you just started the joke over and it crushed like the, the joke was doing fine, but when you did that, like the joke was doing fine, then you realized you fucked up and just, you go, oh, I fucked up. Hold on. Let's start over. You spun around, started the joke from the beginning. It crushed from beginning to end. I don't have the guts to do that. I don't think. No, I don't know. Like, that's funny. I remember doing that. I, I feel like that's happened. It's happened a couple of times. <laughs> where i've done that that's a stock um, joke of yours now you you fuck it up on purpose so you can do no, the do the turn it's happened a couple of times i mean it's probably like i feel like in those moments like the audience gets like real you kind of yes like and if they like you, if they dig it like if they're into like you then they like it and it, it kind of like you pull the curtain back and then i think they like it they're like oh yeah and then they want you to be to succeed so they like laugh even harder I don't know. It's funny. I've always liked pointing out when things aren't going well. Cause <laughs> yeah. It's like part of comedy is like posturing. You know, people are like, oh, I'm doing like the, people just plow through stuff. I don't necessarily like to do that if I can get yeah. away with it. I'll be like, I know I'm digging a hole. I know this isn't going good. Or I know you hate this. And like, they're a little more into it, I think. I like, like sometimes, oh. like I, I was in a, I was in Big Fork, Montana. There will be a video on this soon, but I said something that I kind of believe, but also that I knew was like gonna rile up that crowd. Mm-hmm. Something I was like said something like uh, I was doing this like a free American or something like that. Oh. <laughs> And they started cheering, and I go, yeah, why do comedy? Why not just say exactly what the audience wants to hear? I said that <laughs> into the microphone, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's funny. Like, that's fun to, like, be like, yeah, I get it. You guys are fucking dummies. Like, you just hold a rally. You just hold a, hold a rally. Stop doing I stand. think I said, relax, this isn't a rally, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, or, like, I'll be like, or what uh, what will also happen sometimes is I'll like start riffing on something and I'll be like, oh yeah, why not completely ruin the momentum? Isn't that a, that's how comedy's done, right? Like I'll say that into the microphone, yeah. and it's fun. It's like fun because it also is like we all acknowledge that like I took a mm-hmm. risk, it was not worth it. Yep. Let's fucking let's recover and yeah. I had a lady uh, a couple weeks ago. I did a show in um was featuring and a lady was like i liked she's like i liked your your uh 
the way you build <laughs> she was basically like i like the way you build it up and then lose it <laughs> <laughs> or like <laughs> sorry she said it nicer than that but i understood but i feel like do you think of jokes um, like that though because i don't think she's like wrong and because i always think of jokes i always call them sweets of jokes in my mind mm-hmm and I'm like, I want it to, I do want it to like all kind of build to like a steady laugh and then like, let's get one big pop and then, yeah, we can reset. We can start, we can go back to zero. Yeah. I'm not afraid. I feel like over time you, you get, you learn to not be afraid of it. Like yeah. You, don't, you realize that it's preposterous to think that you're going to get laughter the whole time. Well, I mean, right. I, I know there's like a lot of talk about this like laughs per minute thing, but uh, yeah, I kind of think there's like a thing where you go like it doesn't have to be. You could go two minutes between laughs, and then of course, like let's get twelve in one of these minutes, you know, <laughs> like let's or let's have people laughing the entire minute when you're at when it's like at the crescendo, right? Well, you like you 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 get in their good graces, yeah. <laughs> And then you can lose it, and you can purposely you can you bring them somewhere that you're not sure they're gonna like it, and then if they don't like it, you can just get them back. Sometimes that's more fun, yeah, than than like just telling jokes, crushing the whole time. I well, feel. and I've gotten to do a lot of like recently some like um, I mean road rooms, right? Like these are more conservative areas of Washington State, or more conservative states than washington yeah you're out everywhere are you like headlining a lot now yeah a decent amount um Dude. i was headlining i mean i headlined all the shows that i've i was talking about in uh uh pasco moses lake big fork montana i have an amazing stretch coming up by the way that we're you far enough running? into the podcast no this yeah. dude this well so those are like Dees casillas was the guy that booked two of them and then this lady named ying booked another one okay. but i'm gonna tell you about a month i have coming up or it's like 36 days i think of just absolutely it's like know. it'll be career pinnacle ready are you ready for this scott yeah. lossie are you ready for this you june tried. 12th the day after my 36th birthday <whistles> brunch i headline tacoma comedy club nice where it all started <sighs> june be there 24th 25th headline skyline comedy club appleton what? wisconsin look at you july 1st through 3rd headlining spokane comedy club customer the appreciation weekend. the whole weekend i might there might be a co-headlining situation now but it's uh yes well man Hang on, Scott. The hot streak doesn't end there. What? <laughs> July fourteenth uh, has 16th. become the master. July fourteenth through sixteenth, I'll be at uh, Louisville with Gabe, Louisville Comedy Club with Gabe Rutledge. Nice. Uh, July seventeenth, headlining Louisville Comedy Club, and then I come back for like a month. <laughs> I feel what it feels like to be like a fucking real, like desirable. Road Wait, comic. You're and then you go back. I headline the Sunday. Oh, the sun. Oh, classic. Classic. Classic uh, Sunday headline. So yeah, it's gonna be a big letdown. Done. Did you do Bricktown? I've featured there twice. I've never headlined there. How is uh? Are the accommodations nice? 
Dude, the hotel's amazing, yeah. It's how it's flying out there. Sometimes flying into some of those places is a pain. It's right? a fuck. So Oklahoma City's not bad. Uh, I did, I featured Fort, uh, New Year's of Fort Wayne at um, Summit City Comedy Club. The new, another one of their clubs, same same owners as Tacoma Comedy Club. Oh, really? Yeah. This was opening weekend. I was there opening weekend. Where is it at? Fort Wayne, Indiana. Okay. There's no direct flights from Seattle. That's what, yeah, that's what the problem is, like, in the Midwest, right, some places. Yeah. Oklahoma City has two direct flights, but I think they happen at, there's, like, one Delta, one Alaska Airlines, but I think they happen at truly the exact same time. Like, just two planes, two different companies flying from Seattle to Oklahoma City at the exact same <laughs> at the time. the same moment. Um. There's, yeah, Louisville, there's no direct flights to, and I got snake bitten going to Fort Wayne, so I've decided that if I can make it happen, I'm just going to try to figure out a direct flight and then rent a car, because a lot of times that connection flights makes the thing worth renting a car. And then you have a car. Yeah. And so I'm going to Louisville, I'm probably going to rent, I think I'm going to fly to Cincinnati. And it's like an hour and change away from Louisville. And I'll just uh, rent a car. And then, um, yeah, Fort Wayne, I ended up, it's a long story, but I ended up having to get off of my uh, connecting flight because it got delayed in Seattle. I don't know. I I had to get off of in Chicago and, like, drive from Chicago to Fort Wayne. And then be, my flight back to Seattle got canceled, and then they had me rescheduled for like to fly out Tuesday from Charlotte instead of Sunday. Oh, jeez! And so I ended up getting a direct flight from Indianapolis and rented a car and drove from Fort Wayne to Indianapolis. But <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it, Scott. I'm doing. I'm fucking doing it. It's uh, I'm headlining well, at a uh, Last Best did. Comedy Club. Yeah, last best comedy club in uh, in Bozeman, Montana, in September. It'll be my second time headlining there. What the fuck, dude? I know the fucking pandemic is full of winners and losers, and I'm trying to at least get a tie out of this thing. You know, <laughs> you did, you took a, you figured it out. Some people are really crushing in non comedy realms, TikTok and uh, Instagram and shit. And all I've done is I think just get better at comedy and hopefully get more bookable. That's good. Well, I don't Scott, think pays very well anyway. Yeah, I know. I think that we might have reached um, the point where I need to start considering going to bed. So, you well, are I mean, young and hot and skinny and rude, and I am I, fat, and friendly, but tired and very booked. So that's you make up for it. Yeah. How that. insulting will it be when I ask you to open for me sometime? I want to open for you. Let me open for you. I don't want to. I don't want a headline. Somebody give me give me twenty five minutes. That's all I want. Twenty five minutes is a real sweet spot, by the way. That's the best spot. Yeah, I'm the- headlining next month, and I'm like, I'm excited to do it, but at the same time, I'm like, man, I really like twenty. The, the nice thing about headlining is when something happens in the crowd, you're never like, well, I can't get all my material like right you can still do like does anyone ever have like more than 45 minutes of material that they really love not really yeah 
So I, yeah, I got 35 and I'm hoping that somebody says something to me. <laughs> we did a show, this Big Fork Montana show. They were like, don't be too dirty. And don't, they were like, don't be too, too dirty and don't go short. Those are the rules. <laughs> and not only that, but opener does 30, headliner does 60. What the hell? And, I, and don't be too dirty. 60? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> and so I went out there and it was uh the crowd was so cool. Like they were so fun. That I I did like 35 minutes of material and I did like nice. 61 minutes. Well, that's awesome. And I got off stage and I was like, I knew the crowd loved it, but I was like, fuck, was it too dirty? Was it too dirty? And I just tried to get like, I talked to the bar manager and I was like trying to get a gauge of, oh, did I fuck up? Did I fuck up? Cause we were talking about like wild shit. Cause one, there was like, uh, just a, I basically, my favorite thing to do is to go to a small town like that and just call them all racists. Yeah. That sounds good. And, uh, yeah, we got down some wild territory. <laughs> and it but nobody like i mean I, no one in the audience complained for sure but like the the manager or whatever was not she didn't complain at all either so thank god okay <clears throat> all right scott um i know you're at right, you go. are you do you ever use it you're on you're at cool bathroom on twitter yeah i never use it what a hip um, hip name album popular donuts <laughs> yeah you gonna Spotify. put that thing on vinyl soon? I should put it on vinyl. I'm also I have a, a comedy special on Dry Bar. Oh uh, yeah, the... called, okay, called Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I should put it on a, a bunch of seven inch vinyl. Sell sell it at my shows. Is seven inch cheaper to produce? No, it only holds like four songs per track. So I'd have to have like it would be a four set or something. <laughs> It would be very expensive merch. Um, you know what's funny is I have a lot of CDs, and people don't have CDs anymore. So. Yeah. I worked with a dude named Chris Porter. Do you know Chris Porter? Yeah. So he's selling vinyl, which, by the way, there's like – I like Chris Porter, but I didn't realize there was like a big – Chris Porter's got like a very loyal fan base. Well, he was on uh, Mer- He was on uh, Last, Last Comic Standing. Standing. Yeah, yeah, early too. Early, yeah. One of so, the first couple. So he brought – it was like just all dated media. He was like, he had like a DVD, a Blu-ray, so and two fucking vinyls. That's so funny. I'm going to sell, I have a show coming up. I'm going to sell all my CDs, but I'm going to make a joke about it. I'm like, I know you can't play this on anything, but just give me five bucks. <laughs> he sold out before the, like, he had like two... Records left uh, the Saturday early show before the Saturday early show. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was wild. Do you sell, do you sell, I know you want to go to bed, but do you sell a lot of t-shirts? Yeah. I mean, if you're the IRS, I know I don't sell very many. I mean, no, you don't, but like, do you donate a lot of t-shirts that people sometimes give you money for? I donated, I think, probably... Like 500 shirts in 2021. Oh, wow. wow. 
and I'm I'm doing I I've so they were I had like good merch I had these cat and dog shirts yeah and they did really well um do you do um how do you do you do cash or do you do square or do you do Venmo how are people doing this these days I mostly do cash and square but I'm gonna do Venmo more because people really want to do it and I also think that I can do it without a fee which is kind of nice oh yeah you don't have to have a business account necessarily. You can have a business account, but you don't have to. And so maybe eventually they'll get mad they'll at me for down. taking so much money because I'm really doing it, Scott. I think you'll find it. I know. It's really upsetting how you're doing it. You <laughs> kept doing it. <laughs> but you yeah, no, I've, I've sold this shitload of shirts. I've probably sold you in just... the life of those shirts like a thousand of the cat and dog shirts. You did it. Yeah, it's like been very... They've been very. Do you have a day job still? Yeah, because I mean, I got a mortgage, dog. Well, of course. Is it remote though? Yeah. Okay. Nice. I'm. I. I'm. Yes. I need to figure out how to make my hours more flexible. But yes. Yes, it is remote. I was gonna say you yes, travel I'm... a lot, so it must be. It must. You must be able to make it work somehow. Yeah. Some of the time I can make it work. Some of the time I have to take time off, which is very annoying because I really love working from a hotel room on a comedy weekend. Yeah, that's the best. You can just do eight hours sitting at the Motel 6 in Tulsa. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> All right, well, I'm going to let you go. Tell your wife right. uh, hi for me. and I will, and I'll feature for you anytime, so you just let me know. <laughs> I will never feel – I'm just going to let you wallow uh... – because I will never feel comfortable asking. I'll be like, can you feature for me and do 45 and I'll close with 30? No. <laughs> uh, well, okay, fine. I'll do a, I'll take a guest spot or I'll host for you. In, in a, oh, no, no, like... no, no. You're hosting for real. That's too much. All right. Um, <laughs> but we should get beers, by the way. Untold yeah, story on here. We uh, showed up at Rubens in Seattle both wearing the same Costco flannel. <laughs> That's right. Do you have your Costco flannel still? I'm sure I do. I have many flannels. Um, well, similar glasses, we'll brewery hats. Yes. Let's get a... By the way, the last time we spent time together, my daughter was like six months old. Now she has a full personality. It's a real problem. Does she say words? Too many. Oh, my God. I might have to bring Janelle along because she'll want to. She'll want to see the child. Yes, let's just let's plan something soon. Okay. Yeah, I'll text you. All right. Bye. Let's do it. Thanks.